This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All statements and opinions expressed by guests of the Adult in the Room podcast are strictly their own and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or opinions of the host, producers, or advertisers. All interviews are presented in their most complete possible form in the interests of free speech. No statements should be interpreted as financial, legal, or medical advice. Listener and viewer discretion are strongly advised. It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. Welcome to the Adult in the Room podcast. Hi, me, Victoria Taft, uh, the host. You know, I got to tell you, around this time of year in the election cycle, we get all spun up on all the day-to-day little small ball stuff, trifling political permutations, little tit-for-tat, silliness sometimes, drama. Uh, When really the issues before the American people, as we get close to an election, uh, can be broken down into more fundamental, basic questions of right and wrong. And um, we get caught up, though, in the political drama. He said, she said, he leads a crime family. No, he's in a crime family. Now, how do you keep the story straight? Well, there's a basic place you can go. You can always come back to the fundamental. Uh, Who benefits is one question you can ask. And why is it that what they say doesn't sound true, doesn't ring true? Well, you're going to have to use your gut on some of this. And of course, a little bit of the Google machine. Well, sometimes you need to bring a heavenly minded guy to explain these base and earthly political things. And Vince Everett Ellison is that person. He is the author of The Iron Triangle, How Democrats Are Using Race to Divide Americans in Their Quest for Power and How We Can Stop Them. His latest book is 25 Lies, Exposing Democrats' Most Dangerous, Seductive, Damnable, Destructive Lies, and How to Refute Them. Not a fan of the Democrats. (laughs) He was born on a plantation where his parents were sharecroppers. They had seven kids. They pulled themselves out of poverty. He is a free black man who writes and thinks for a living. He's a movie producer. He is with Project 21. He's not with the left. That's who the Democrats have become. Who is he for? Let's ask Vince Everett Ellison. Thank you very much for coming on the Adult in the Room podcast. Victoria, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I've got to ask you. Before we start talking about your movie and your your books and that sort of thing, last time I saw you was on Tucker Carlson's program on Fox. And I've got to ask, what is your reaction to what happened in that situation? Well, I was devastated, actually. You know, um, I'm, I've known Tucker uh, for a while now, and he's a friend. And um, I've communicated with him since then. He's fine. He said he's weirdly very, very happy. And uh, and he told me to stay tuned. Something big's going to happen. And uh, so it was a uh, it was it was a um, it was it was a shakeup. It was. It's, but you know what? At God is always somewhere working. And Tucker has gone to a higher, higher plane. He understands this is this is a 
this is a spiritual war that we're in. And uh, he was speaking to that a lot. And he was bringing me on a lot to speak. And and now he's going to he was not have anybody to hold him back. And he's going to go take it to a whole nother level. I think that you've helped with that uh, realization. And some other of his guests that I've seen over the years have helped him with that revelation as well. I saw that at the Heritage Foundation speech, right? The, the night that they decided at Fox News that he had to go. And on Monday, they let him go. That, fil- that uh, speech was Friday night. He was gone by Saturday, or excuse me, by Monday. You write a lot about issues of politics and race, and you preach about God. There's confusion in this country. People are perplexed. They don't quite know what to think because they think everybody's lying to them now because there have been so many lies in the body politic and the public eye. And tell me, you know, you, you, girls are boys, boys are girls. If you call them wrong, uh, you know, you're you're a bigot of some sort. Social justice isn't because the left doesn't define it. We'll never know what it is. It's always going to be an ongoing um, journey to that. And there's a fundamental twisting of right and wrong. So I'm going to let you go. Why is this happening now? And where is it coming from? Well, everything that I do comes from from my religion. Uh, This whole documentary came from um, um, confrontation that my, my daughter had with this lady right after Trump was elected. Uh, we stopped at a McDonald's I'm coming home for Thanksgiving. And uh, this caravan, this, this this caravan of women was going to Washington, D.C. to march against Trump. And they saw my daughter, and they mistakenly thought, since she was black, she was a Democrat. And they uh, walked up to her and said, hey, we're going to Washington, D.C. to run this thing at the White House. You know, we're feminists, we believe in abortion. Why don't you come with us? We'll make sure you get back home safely. And my daughter very, very nicely. <laughs> a stranger? Her, yeah, stranger. <laughs> And said, ma'am, I cannot go with you. I am not a liberal. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Christian. And I vote my value. And I was so pleased with her because she did it respectfully. And I said to myself, wow, why can't more people just say that? I'm a Christian and I vote my values. Because 85% of black people say that they're Christian, but 90% of them vote for the Democrat Party. 75% of white people say that they're Christian. And about half of those people vote for, vote, vote for the Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party is an evil institution. It 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 uh, has always been evil. It was a part of slavery from 1800 to 1860, the party of uh, the Confederacy, the succession between 1860 and 1865. They killed close to a, a, a million Americans trying to keep their slaves. Then after they lost the war from 1865 to, to 1970, they were the part of Jim Crow. For 100 years, they stole elections, castrated, mutilated, raped, burned black people down south. And then after after Jim Crow, they, they're now into this socialism, Marxism, anti-Christian bigotry, uh, castrating little boys, calling them little girls, giving double mastectomies little girls, calling them little boys. Don't know what a woman is. Trying try to get men to participate in women's sports. I mean, this party is an insane asylum, and it's an evilness. And when you ask people now, a Christian, saying, what do you believe? And if you believe this, how do you vote for a party that can murder a child? Because if you don't know what evil is, I'll make it easy for you. Anyone who intentionally harms a child. And Jesus Christ, the meekest, mildest, nicest guy ever walked the face of this earth, said, anybody that harms one of these little ones is better than a millstone be tied around their neck and they be thrown into the sea. I hope these Democrats can swell. And that's the reason why I've called my documentary, Will You Go to Hell for Me? Because when the Democratic Party Ask the Christian to vote for them. They're asking them to go to hell for the Democrat Party. 
And I hope these people are prepared for it because that's where they're going to keep voting for this evil institution. How'd you come up with the name? Because I just saw, uh, uh, you would go through any ghetto. Something like the old song by, by, by Bruce Hornsby. Just look out any window, you see what's going on? You go to any inner city ghetto. You go to Detroit, Memphis, Philadelphia, Chicago, L.A., New Orleans, Rifton, you name it. The black people that are living in hell. The rap song said, well, here we're living in hell. The people say we're living in hell. Nobody wants to be there. And the Democrats rule it. And they're proud of it. And they're walking around and struck with their chest stuck out, asking to be reelected. And, 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 and in my first book, I pulled the mask off of them. And I say, it ain't white Christians doing this to black people. It's not white Americans. Well, it's white liberals. They're part of it. But white conservatives, no, it's not them. It's, 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 it's a conduit. It's a, it's a combination of the black preacher, the black politician, and the black civil rights organizations. I call them the Iron Triangle. That's my first book. I tell everybody about how I, I, I found this out. And they are conduits between rich white liberals up in the Democrat Party and the black community. And these three entities, their job is to make sure that the black community votes for the Democratic Party by hook or by crook. The Democratic Party, this evil institution, this slaughterhouse, could not exist without the Christian black vote. And because of that, black people are living in hell in America, and they're going to go to hell after they die if they don't cut this mess out. I was just noticing in uh, Oakland, California, this uh, last few days, and the fact that the teachers are going back on strike just days before the end of the school year, oddly enough. Of course, they do it at the worst possible times so that they can get the best possible outcome on their contract. And what they did was they put forward a pact that they wanted to sign with the school district, which was basically a pact in which they would be able to co-lead with the uh, district. And so I was reading through this and a mom who is a uh, now leads a parent group noted one odd emission or omission. And it was this, you know, you've got a lot of things you want and you've got a lot of things you're willing to settle for. But oddly enough, there are no performance touchstones and uh, benchmarks that you've given yourself so that the kids can survive. Instead, they're stuck in a school run by maniacs who care more about their pensions than they do about their job. And I just think that that is in this is a an nothing short of keeping kids on the plantation. And it's a bad plantation run by the school teachers unions. Well, it's, it's, it's always been that way. Um, it's, it's, it's been the history of the black community and the Democratic Party since the beginning. Um, people have this misnomer that some, for some reason that poor black people dislike white Democrats. If you look at the civil rights movement, we had our schools. Schools are doing well. They fought, led, and died to uh, go to school with them, sit on a toilet beside them, to eat a hamburger beside them. Of course, when it comes down to, to voting for them, they are going to vote for them. It's a strange Stockholm syndrome and a cognitive dissonance that, that's between black people and the Democratic Party. It's like a battered wife syndrome. The more you beat her, the more she loves you. And um, they shouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, you turn your children over to the Ku Klux Klan, of course they're going to choose you. They're going to teach them to be animals, right? The, the school system is just a money laundering scheme. They take the money from the government, 
They give it to the school. School's not going to educate the children because if they educate the children, they won't vote for the Democratic Party. You have to be stupid to vote for this party, okay? So they don't educate the children. They just pay the teachers, and then the teachers then take the money, give to the teachers' unions, and the NEA is the biggest union in the United States of America, and they right. give 98% of their money back to the Democrat Party. It, yeah, it's a laundry. It is money laundering. It's exactly it's what all it, it is. It is just money laundering, <laughs> and you are paying the teachers' unions to keep the black community exactly where you want them to be. Ill-educated, uninformed, crime-ridden, and under the control of the Democrat Party. It works well. It's masterful. Those are very harsh words. And but you've looked into this in both of your books. You have laid the groundwork for your thesis. Can you give us a couple of solid reasons that people who are listening and hearing these things for the first time can say, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can take it back to the civil rights movement. Um um, I insist on my documentary, Will You Go to Hell for Me? And your viewers can go to willyougotohellforme.com. Willyougotohellforme.com. You can look at the trailer. Tucker Carlson saw it, allowed me, allowed me to debut it on his show. Said it was the best trailer you'd ever seen. Sean Handy said the same thing. He also said the movie was awesome. You can read the reviews of the movie. It'll change your whole outlook on everything. Like what I'm getting ready to tell you right now. We have this highfalutin ideology in America by Martin Luther King Jr., in my household, he was an icon. My, I said in my documentary that my Aunt Jenny lived in a, in, a, in a shack, and she had a wood heater and no running water. She had two pictures in her house, and one was Martin Luther King Jr. It was there when she died. And as I started looking at the condition of the, condition of the black community, and I started dealing with the fact that Jesus Christ said, how do you know a, 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 a false prophet? And, and Jesus told his disciples, you're by the fruit he bear. You will not get a good fruit from a rotten tree, a rotten fruit from a good tree. Each tree and each fruit be after his own. So when I looked at the black community, and I looked at how bad it was, and I had said, you say, we've lost ground since Martin Luther King Jr. What, what are we celebrating? So as I started going through Martin Luther King Jr. to see if he was a real prophet or not, I found out that he wasn't. Finally, he was closer to Rasputin than he was to, to a, a, a Jesus Christ. He was an apostate. Martin Luther King Jr. was excommunicated from the black church in 1961. Why? Because he had been compromised by a communist by the name of Stanley Levinson. You can look him up. He was the number one communist in America. Bayard Rustin was the number two communist in America. Jack O'Dell was running the SELC. They set up the whole civil rights movement, and they bankrolled it out of Moscow. They gave Martin Luther King Jr. between from 1956 to 1961 the equivalent of $650,000 in today's money. They asked him to take over the, the largest part of the black church. It was called the National Baptist Convention, 10 million members strong. He started a floor. He, he wanted to become the leader. He started a fight on the floor of the convention that year, killed a preacher in the process. He lost the vote. They excommunicated him from the black church. Hear me well. Martin Luther King Jr. was excommunicated from the church. So what did he do? He started his own religion. Yes. His religion is called the Progressive National Baptist Convention. Look it up. That's the sect that what Raphael Warnock belongs to. They believe in abortion, LGBTQ, all of this weird stuff. This is why Raphael Warnock can be a Democrat politician, because he's, a, he's, he's part of King's sect. And, and, and then King allowed all of these Marxists 
all of these liberals come to the black church and they compromised it and turned it into a political organization. No longer a spiritual organization like it was before 1960. It's now a political organization and it is a arm of the Democrat Party. Guess who got the Margaret Sanger Award? You know who Margaret Sanger is. She started playing Canada, set up Negro Project sure to try to destroy the black mm -hmm. community. The first recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award. Get rid Award, of blacks. <laughs> yeah. Guess who the first recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award was? Martin Luther King, 1966. Yeah. He helped her set up the abortion clinics that's in the crazy. black community. Oh, that's much, that's much, much more for me to tell you about. But he took the black community, and here's a great stat for you if you want some facts. From 1940 to 1960, the 20 years between that time, the black community cut its poverty rate from 80% to 30%. The, the, Thomas Sowell said it was the greatest reduction in poverty in the shortest period of time in the history of the world. After 1960 and Martin Luther King Jr. and them started the Civil Rights Movement, we flatlined. No more progress. Matter of fact, on June 4th, 2020, the, the, the Washington Post had a story out that said that there had been no more narrowing in the wealth gap between black and white people since 1968. It flatlined. Why? He told us we were victims, we were oppressed, that we were hated, that we couldn't do anything because of racism. He said when they asked, uh, he said they tell black people pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Well, how can you pull yourself up with, by your bootstraps when you don't have boots? That's Dr. King. He told us we weren't free. Yeah, in his I Have a Dream speech, he said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That is a lie. I was born free. He said that we should dream for a day that we won't be judged by the color of, my, of our skin. What's wrong with the color of my skin? I supposed to walk around asking some racist to look over it? To apologize for it? A man like me? Hell no. I'm not gonna walk around asking somebody to please don't judge me by the color of my skin. I, my job is to love you. If you don't love me, that's your problem. If you put your hands on me, you're going to have another one. He told us to lay down and let these people beat the hell out of us. And he took our manhood away. Well, we ain't going to allow it any longer. So that's part of my documentary. You ought to see the rest of it. This is the easy part. This get, it gets harder. You have in your book, your latest book, you start your book with a quote from Dostoevsky. The degree of civilization in, in a society can be judged by entering its prisons. You started in your adult professional life um, as a prison guard, right? What did you learn from that experience? And tell us how it informs what you talk about today. Well, I, I, um, after uh, I left college, um, I worked as a correctional officer in the 90s at the Kirkland Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina. I'd worked there five years. And um, at that time, I was about 26 years old. And I, all those young, and I saw these young black men being locked up because Bill Clinton and, and uh, Joe Biden put $40 billion into building prisons and, and hired police officers to lock up these young men. And, I, and, and uh, the prison uh, system exploded in America. Matter of fact, South Carolina started out with three prisons uh, up until 1980, and by the end of the um, 90s, they had about maybe 30. And so I started asking the, uh, the, the black intelligentsia, um, why are these young black men being locked up? Of course, they lied, said, you know, evil, rich, white Republicans hate black people and setting them up. So I resigned my post, went down into the ghettos to try to help these young black men out, keep them from going to jail. And I found out something very interesting. I saw no evil, rich, white Republicans nowhere down in the ghettos. You see a unicorn before you saw one. What I did see, 
was a bunch of black Democrats making money out the chaos. And the ones I saw making the most money was the black preacher, the black politician, and the black civil rights organizations. And I called them the Iron Triangle. And I started telling all of America that the Al Sharptons, the Jesse Jacksons, uh, uh, the NAACP, Black Lives Matter, the black politicians, all of them were a bunch of sellouts. They're, they're, just, they're just a 21st century um, a version of the old house, house Negro back on the plantation. They were, you know, house Negroes of the butlers and, 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 and house servants. Now they, are, they call them congressmen. They call them, you know, preacher, this type of thing and other. They're no good. They're the worst people off the face of the earth. And they're all going to go to hell when they die. And uh, so that's what I learned when I was working in the prison system. I came out. I'm ringing the bell now telling all America about it. And I'm trying to warn people that these people are not going to change. You're going to have to recognize who they are, recognize them as traitors that they are, and decide not to follow them. Turn back to Christ. Don't follow man. It's a dead end. Our Bible tells us over and over again, do not follow man. It tells us to fear not. See, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But God is with me. Don't worry about man. Man can't harm you. Worry about God. Turn back to him. Follow what he says. You'll be fine. Because black people have been following man for the last 50 years. And they, it's a blind leading the blind, and you both fall in the ditch. Yeah, I do get um, questions every now and again. How do you keep your head up? There's abject evil in this world. And many people I know go, come on, Jesus, come on back and take the wheel. And I say, I don't put my hope in man. I mean, yeah, I get upset about these crazy stories I talked about at the outside of the program. And yeah, I do get caught up in the, the minutia. But, you know, bottom line, we're supposed to be a free people. And that that is not given to us by government. God help us if it were. Indeed, it's it's given to us by the hand of God. That's what our forefathers and mothers knew. It's what they wrote in the Constitution. They said, these are gifts from God. That And basically, let no man put them asunder. And among those things are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as um, told to us in our founding documents. And the, the thank God they put the Ten Amendments in there, because if they hadn't, there would be people who are just as evil as they are now, now taking them all away from us. And indeed, that's what they're trying to do right now. First, well, yeah, second well, amendments. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, as the Democrats are very shrewd. You see how they took God out of school back, out, back in 1961. They played yeah. the long game on this. And uh, uh, we had the best educational system in the whole world uh, before they did that. And then uh, uh, I have my I have my, have my documentary, and and and, and, now, and now we had now we uh, we had 1983, and Ronald Reagan had this report done, and they said a nation in crisis, the whole public education system has been torn asunder. Took 20 mm-hmm. years, they destroyed it, completely destroyed it. Now, how are we supposed to know that our rights came from God when you can't pray in school and talk about God? Right. Our whole foundation for being in this country comes from the fact that we believe that our rights come from God. Nevertheless, in the public education system where we're supposed to learn about being Americans, where we're supposed to learn about our founding documents, you can't tell the children that. So where, you know, so, a- where, so, so where do our founding, so where do our being come from? It comes from government because they can't tell them about God. Well, I mean, I think there's, some, there's a lot of truth to that. I also think that um, as uh, uh, Professor Nancy Piercy from Houston Christian uh, University talks about in her book, Love Thy Body, uh, how the drumbeat, the step-by-step-by-step by step by step effort to remove the 
the personhood from the human body and how it has been used to give arrogate power to the state, to give that power to the state to determine who's a person, who's a baby, what what rights do parents have? Oh, I'm sorry, you don't actually have a relationship, bodily relationship with those children who live in your home. You're not really a parent. All of these things have happened. And now we look around and go, I'm not sure we can get out of this box. I'm really not sure, legally. Well, Victoria, the only way that we do it, we have to go back to where we made the wrong turn. See, the, the um, civil rights movement affected everybody in America greatly. Many of the things that we are allowing government to do to us, we are doing it to try to, to, try to reconcile this racial inequality thing. They took control of, they took control of the schools to try to do it. They took control of the workplaces trying to do it. They took control of the public square trying to do it. And it was all a trap because as you can see, because Harvard did a study showing that uh, America is more segregated now than it was before the civil rights movement. We just huh. gave every part it. of On our Harvard's society campus. over to government. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We gave every part of our our being over to government and, and, and government said we need this to rectify this great sin of slavery and racial animosity here inside this country. You can't do that with government. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a hard problem. Every individual has to do it on their own. So government comes in like they're trying to do with LGBTQ right now, right? They go into every office. You got a rainbow flag and non-discrimination. You got to let them in the bathroom. You got to let them participate against women in sports. All of it to try to deal with some type of, of, of crazy discrimination thing to try to make things equal and use government as the tool to do it. And what we have to do is go back to 1963 and we have to pull this crap up root and stern. No. You know, the government doesn't come in and tell me who I got to spend time with. They don't tell me how to educate my children. They don't tell me where to go to school, where I have to live. They don't have the right to say that, okay, because uh, uh, I think things are unequal here, we have a right to change all of society. Uh-huh. Try to make See, it look the way we want it to look. It's a religion, isn't it? Yes, it's ridiculous. Climate change is doing the same thing, too. Government. Is deciding what we can drive, what we can drive, what we can eat, what we can't eat. How how we live in our homes based upon some pseudo science that we that you and I both know is a bunch of foolishness. But we give them the power, yeah. and we got to take mm-hmm. that power back because they're going to always misuse it, and they're going to always try to find a way to get in. Isn't that what the devil does? It's like the old foot in the door technique. It's this old gospel song I've heard: "Don't let the devil ride, cause let him ride. He gonna want to drive." He's going to always try to find a reason <laughs> I love in, that. to tell you, look, look, I'm here for your own good. What, the snake in the garden, right? Oh, you won't surely die. It'll make you like God. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Disobey. And then he, and then you do it and you find yourself in a world of hurt. We And we allowed the civil rights movement. We allowed those bunch of weirdos and freaks that ran the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King Jr., Jesse Jackson, um, um, uh, Bayard Rustin, all of them, a bunch of communists. I mean, do, do you know that Hugh Hefner used to have them at the, he used to have them at the Playboy Mansion all the time and just let them whore out in there? Yeah. Nope, I didn't know that. Well, the King, Jesse Jackson, was at the Playboy Mansion all the time. You know, I kind of wonder, just this is an aside, it's a spur of this conversation, uh, and it's the ever, uh, I guess, uh, 
the, the, well, it's the knowledge that we're getting from the Jeffrey Epstein people, you know, the fact that he appears to have, he definitely had intelligence connections and was getting blackmail on all of these people. And it seems to me the FBI was probably running some, in fact, they were running a kind of an op on Martin Luther King to get him in suggestive and interesting positions so that they could blackmail him. Well, they didn't, they didn't have to. It's, 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 it's been misnomer that the, the um, uh, 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 FBI didn't like King. Let me give you a good piece of information that's in 25 Lies. There was this uh, group called RAM. They were, the, they, they were called the, uh, I think it's a revolutionary action movement. They, they were a bunch of militants out of New York. They hated these, these Uncle Toms, they called them, in the Civil Rights Movement. They, had, they, they concocted a plan to kill uh, 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 Wilkins from NAACP, Roy uh, Wilkins from NAACP, um, they, uh, the guy from the Urban League, his name was Wendy Young. They had, they had a list, they had a kill list to kill most of them. Martin Luther King was not on the list because Ram was a communist group and King was with a communist group too, so they were in cahoots. Anyway, J. Edgar Hoover had Ram and Ram in, 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 infiltrated, and he found out about the plot to commit murder. Uh, uh, Tupac Shakur's uh, stepfather was involved in this too. So Hoover found, Hoover found out about it. Now, if Hoover hated the civil rights community, he would have let the whole thing go through. Because then he could have blamed black people for killing black people. He would have killed everybody in the movement. Who would have been fine? Hoover stopped it. Put the Ram in jail. Protected Whitney Young, NAACP Corps, all of them. Also, with the if Hoover wanted to destroy Martin Luther King Jr. with the stuff he had on him, why didn't we read it? Why didn't we read it in the press? Right. Well, we heard about some some of it trickled out later, but it trickled out after Hoover died. And it trickled out because some hippies went in and bugged the FBI office and found the Cointel profiles, and they released yes. it. That's right. That's you right. You see what I'm talking about? So yeah, people saying that Hoover hated King. If Hoover hated King, he had the stuff to destroy him. He well, it. he did. He did. And he and just... he didn't. He, he let him get the Nobel Prize. He never released anything on him. You never heard any of this stuff on Martin Luther King Jr. on the news in any newspaper. They found out about it years after King had died, after some hippies went in, and 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 raided FBI offices. Hoover was going to keep that stuff sealed forever. Nobody knew about it. Nobody in King's entourage. Nobody. So when people say that J. Edgar Hoover or the FBI had it out for King, they are telling a bold-faced lie because Hoover had everything he needed to take King down and did not do it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You know, as we we're talking today, and I know that's, he's got it in his book, so you'll, books, and so you'll want to go and, and uh, read Vince Everett Ellison's books, but, and watch his movie, um, as we are talking today, there is a, a news story about reparations in California, which was never a slave state, but yet they apparently didn't do enough to stop the Fugitive Slave Act from being uh, implemented or enforced in the state of California. To what extent, I'm, I'm not aware. And how many slaves were turned over? Have no idea. They don't say, and we don't know. Nevertheless, as we're talking today, the state of California has decided that there will be $1.2 million in reparations paid to people who 
somehow prove are either a black or and or uh, can prove that they were somehow linked to people who were enslaved in the southern United States. You don't believe in reparations. Why? Reparations is a lie. They'll never get the money. God, Gavin Newsom is going to use this whole thing to try to get the black vote when he runs for president uh, against Joe Biden or whenever he runs. This is what's going to happen. They're going to say some other side politician blocked it, but I was for it, I was for it, I was for it. That's what Newsom is going to do. They'll never see a dime of that money. That's number one. Number two, the money is not owed, and I'll tell you why. The Civil War, we, that, those reparations were paid in the Civil War. The Democratic Party was the party that kept slaves. The Republican Party in the United States of America freed them, and they freed them with blood, and they freed them with money. They went down there, they didn't just kill 300,000 Southerners. 500,000 Americans, Union Americans, free blacks and free white men lost their lives, freed a bunch of black slaves that did not fight for their own freedom. Now, if that's not reparations for you, I don't know what they are. On top of that, after the Civil War, they want to talk about 40 acres and a mule? No, this is in my documentary. The Homestead Act was passed, a new version of it, in 1866. It said it would give 150 acres to any able-bodied man over the age of 21 who was willing to work the land for five years. Color had nothing to do with it. They tried to lie and said black people were left out of it. That is a bald-faced lie. 5,000 black slaves out of 4 million took hold to it. They were called the Exodusters. Look them up. Just like the book of Exodus in the Bible, they were called the Exodusters. They went out to Kansas. They got down 150 acres of land. They used it as collateral to, to uh, get money to buy farm equipment, a mule, and build a house. And some of them are still on that land today. The other, the other 4 million that few refused the reparations. So it wasn't enough that the United States of America freed them from the Democrats in the, Confeder in, 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 in the Confederacy, killed 300,000 of them, and lost 500,000 uh, 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 men themselves. Also, all the property that was damaged, all the money that was spent, then asked the black slave for one dime back, not one. After the war, offered to give them 150 acres of land and leave their master if they just go take it. Instead, they did then exactly what they're doing now. They went back on the Democrat Party plantation and they refused to leave. I wouldn't give them a damn dime. They are with their masters then, they're with their masters now. And if you want to sue somebody, sue the Democrat Party because they're the ones that kept them enslaved. You talk about it sort of being cult-like and that sort of thing. James Lindsay recently gave a talk about how the, this new wokeism appears to be another Gnostic uh, semi-religion that has permeated the Democrats now. They've been taken over by this uh, bunch of far, far left people. But it sounds like you're saying that they've been this of this mindset the whole time. They've never deviated from this sort of wokeism. No, they 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 haven't. It was no it was no one that killed them from it. Look, after um after World War II, after what the um Nazis had that did to the Jews in Germany, the Jews from all over the world went and got those people, took them to Israel, and they they denazified them. They re-educated them and built them up into who they are now. And they said never again. We're never ever going to be treated 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 like this again. Nobody ever went and got the ex-slaves, and re-educated them. They left them down south with their masters, where they chose to stay down south with their masters, who, and, and, and Abraham Lincoln offered. He said, I'll send you to Liberia. I'll make Texas 
a state, a sanctuary state for you, where 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 nobody but freed slaves can go. Give you your own state. I'll give you land out west. Just leave these people. They would not go. They would not go. Right now, they will not go. Look at the civil rights movement. You've seen it. Black people had schools, they have colleges, they had their own businesses. They were fighting to sit beside the toilet and eat a hamburger with white folks. Fighting to sit on the same side of the bus. Sit, sit on the bus, mother. Getting, getting shot by water cannons, dogs. And then, when, 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 and, and, and the white people kept telling them, we don't want you. This is called stalking. And I don't, and I don't care how beautiful you are. If you become a stalker, you turn, you turn ugly. You're not respected. You're pitied. And the black community stalking the white community lost their respect. They lost their manhood. They lost their dignity. They lost everything. And now look at them. At the bottom of every socioeconomic statistic in America, and 60 years later, still begging white folks for reparations. Get a job. Get to work. Put your family together. Pray God you'll make it in America. Just that stuff. And stop begging. So you don't think you don't believe in reparations. You don't think that black people will ever get reparations. I mean, besides the additional money that for whatever reason, the uh, liberal black people white... already have reparations. They're called 800,000, 500,000 Union soldiers dying to free them in the Civil War and, and mm -hmm. offering being offered 150 acres of land after the war was over. And, and 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 anybody that wanted it could have it. They turned it down. Mm -hmm. They have reparations. I don't know how much blood you need to spill. I mean, I've always it's wondered free, that. It, we did a we we held a war. I mean, everybody came the, and a lot of people died. How is the that United not States of America reparations came down of and freed them? They didn't fight after the Emancipation Proclamation when Abraham Lincoln signed it in 1863, freeing the slaves down south. Do you know how many slaves came across the Union lines and fought for their own freedom? Less than five thousand, four million. Less than 5,000 crossed the Union lines, put on the uniform, and went back and fought. Less than mm -hmm. out 4 million. Mm -hmm. Some did, but less than 4 million. And then the boys that came down and fought for them, fought for them and freed them. That's your reparations, player. I freed you. Mm. Now, yeah. and you walked right back on the plantation to the same master that I had just fought to free you from. And then you expect mm -hmm. to come back again to the United States of America and say, you owe me? Man, so you know what? These people got much more patience than I got. I'd cuss everybody out. <laughs> there are 500,000 uh, grains of people that freed you from slavery. And you going to come tell me I owe you something? Shh. Anyway, now I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue. Are you when you're on college campuses? I assume you do some college campus speeches. Oh yeah. Uh, first of all, or do you get a do you get uh, people like Antifa come out and tell you what a racist you are and a white supremacist oh, no, you are? Nobody mess. Nobody mess with me. They they don't mess with some of these little weak looking white. Do you think somebody gonna mess with me? Somebody I mean, they me. mess with everybody else. They mess they with everybody else. Me. I'm just wondering. They have. They don't so, even come. They don't even confront me. What? How is your message received on a campus? Standing ovations. Everybody loves me. Black churches, everybody. There's no flaw in my message. What flaw can there be when I tell you that I am that I cannot be a victim? Why? Because I'm a Christian. I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I'm a son of God. I've never met a man superior to me. I cannot be. I'm, I don't believe in white superior because white supremacy. Because I never found a, I never found a white man superior to me. I never met anybody superior to me. 
Why? Because mm-hmm. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. If Imago there Dei, is a, baby. But yeah, if there is a white man superior to me, bring him to me. We'll put that to the test. Now, yeah, now I'm talking to a brother across the street who's begging for reparations. He hear me say something like that. Who do you think is the man? I'm the man. And I tell him he's a punk. Sitting there begging and crying, begging white folks to take care of his children, and want to walk around hard like he a man. He ain't no man. He's a punk. And I tell him, pull up your pants, be a man. You're a Christian? Yes, sir, I'm a Christian. Then how are you a victim? How are you oppressed when Jesus said that you're more than a conqueror? Everything you need, I got you. Mm-hmm. What do you believe? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it changes. He understands really? that's it. Remember who you are. Are, absolutely. Remember, you, you are a child of God. These people convince you. And then I tell them this as everybody in this room, young man, looks at you and they see a lion, they see a thoroughbred, they see a king. And the Democrats have convinced you you ain't nothing but a dog. They've convinced you of that. And then I ask your children, isn't he a lion? They say yes. Isn't he great? They say yes. Now, what makes you think you're a dog? What they told you. Watch when you get a chance. Go back and watch the old, the old movie from Disney, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And it shows how John Claude Frodo keeps the hunchback in line. They sing this little song. He says, you're ugly. Hunchback says, I'm ugly. You're deformed. He said, I'm deformed. They hate you. They hate me. And he said, stay in here. Stay in here. You watch the color purple and you see how Mr. Treated Seeley. You're black, you're ugly, you're woman, you're poor, you're nothing. That's the same thing black politicians and the black church and these black civil rights organizations tell black people every day. And then they elevate, they elevate the people in our community that call us that in song. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Rick Ross, invited to the White House, Cardi B with her nasty behind. They elevate them. Barack Obama invited all of them to a summit in the White House. I got a picture in my documentary of all of them in the Oval Office around, around the Resolute desk. Yeah. Now, how, how is a child walking around the day not supposed to think they're not the N-word and the W-word and the B-word? When Barack Obama and Joe Biden brings these people around the White House, these people, and they're, they're allowed to sing at the Super Bowl, and they're elevated, and they're paraded. That's why we kill each other in such astronomical numbers. That's why we, we hate each other. What is going on in the Black community with respect to all of the violence, gang on gang? Uh, I, I, and how is it that the guns keep getting blamed for this obvious problem of the heart? It is a Black slave mentality. The Democrats know that the only way you can keep the only two things that allow themselves to be to be disarmed, a slave and a pet, and I'm neither. A wild animal would allow you to disarm it. You ain't going to defang him and take, and take his teeth out. The only two things that allow themselves to be disarmed, again, is a slave and a pet. And the slave mentality of the black preacher, the black politician, and the black civil rights organizer tells the black community to fall in line with what the white liberals want in the Democratic Party. They want control. How do you get control? You've got to disarm the people. That way you can bring all the dope in. That way you can sexualize the children. That way you can, you can have the poverty. You can have the crime. You can keep the people demoralized. See, that's what the Russians and the Chinese do to keep their people under control. They demoralize them. 
That's what the Cubans do. They beat the hell out of them. Put the foot on the net. You know, one party rule, dictator worship, apostate religion, poverty, destruction of the family, no jobs. And you have a people that even if I walked up to him tomorrow and he believed everything I said, he said, Vince, I can't do it. Why? I can't read. I have no job skills. I have no savings. I have no, what about, I got to go to these people for everything. I don't know how to be free. And this is what they want for America. This is what they want for America. That even if you wanted to be free, you would have to walk back on that plantation because you cannot make a living. You have to go to them. That's how they want you. Everything that all the messages that you said were coming out of the civil rights um, uh, family or what have you, the movement in the 60s, are all the same messages that have been seen in Black Lives Matter and or whatever iteration of this uh, social justice slash racial justice. Uh, I mean, abject laws. Uh, there are, uh, you know, white man's keeping you down. I imagine there are white, some white racists. I, I'm sure that's true. But the white man can't keep a real Christian or a real, or, or real man down. I'm inoculated against racism. You know, like yes. the measles? It's yes. all around you, so you're taking inoculation, and you and measles can be everywhere, but you won't catch it. I'm inoculated against racism. Look, Dr. King told me he had a dream that one day you'll be judged, not by the color of your skin, but by the content of your character. Let me tell you something. It always has been this way. You will always be judged by the content of your character. It's inescapable, and it's unavoidable. I don't care what they think about the color of your skin. Your character is going to determine how they view you. In our Bible, at the beginning of it, Cain had an attitude because God accepted his brother's gift and not his. And Cain was mad. And God said, Cain, why are you angry? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Listen to what God told him. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if not, sin waits at the door to master you, but you must master it. God has wired us up to accept people that do well. Tim Cook is, all, is, is gay. Everybody knows it. Runs the number one company in the world. When Tim Cook calls, you pick up the phone, don't you? Wow, he's done well. Muhammad Ali was a black Muslim. America ended up calling him the greatest. Why? He did well. Michael Jordan, black as you can be, grew up poor, billionaire now, Oprah, all of them, they did well. But they are lying to the rest of these children by telling them that you're being judged not by your character, but by the color of your skin, something you can't do anything about. And it is a lie. So these children say, why try? Because Dr. King said that I'm not being judged by my character, but by my skin color. And I'm telling you, son, that's a lie. If you are good at what you do, there'll be a hard beating path to your door, even if you reside in the woods. If you're a good HVAC man, they're going to use you. If you're a good cook, they're going to use you. If you're a good doctor, you'll never be hungry. If you're a good bricklayer, you're going to always have a job. A good mechanic, man, I don't know. That joker crazy. He can fix a car. <laughs> Everybody will hire you. But they lied to these young men. And this is why I do what I do. And they separated the body of Christ, black and white Christians, because, see, you tell yes. a black child that, but they won't let you talk to them. They want that black child to believe that you're a racist, that you don't like them, that you don't care nothing about them. And when that child sees you coming, they'll put a wall up. You have no credibility. Yeah. 
And that's what they want. And guess it's who division. that is? Al Sharpton, Jesse yeah. Jackson, those snakes in the garden. So what I so this is what I'm doing. The number one thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make make sure that black and white Christians come back together, that we mm-hmm. unify. Oh, you'll so see that in the churches on Sunday. You'll see it on the church in the yeah, churches on Sunday, but nobody yeah, nobody's talking about it. it. Yeah, the real black and white Christians do it. It's the other ones on the on the periphery, especially yeah. black people, especially black. Why the Iron Triangle? That black preacher has to keep the black community segregated. Good friend of mine, Dave Bratt, he's an ex-congressman here. Dave Bratt said that he had a part of his district was, was, was in Richmond. And he said that he had some um, uh, um, some vouchers, some housing vouchers to help get the, some of the black people out of these bad these bad neighborhoods inside of Richmond. He said that he went out to the churches and said, look, da, 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 I got these vouchers. And the people and the, and the priest said, no, we don't want them. Don't want them. Why? Well, we don't want the people to leave our community. We want to keep them where we can get them in church and keep control of them. Yeah. Didn't want to. And I told Dave, I said, Dave, I wrote in my book that it is a lie that the Democratic Party is against segregation. They want segregation. That's how they keep black control. If white people go into the black community, what do they call it? They call it gentrification, don't they? It's a bad term. If you leave, they call it white flight. You're coming, you're what? going, you're coming, you're going. You can't all, live yeah. with it. It used to, it's sort of the same, sort of a different turn on what we used to call the Negro problem of the 60s yeah. that was in my history books or my yeah. social Negro studies problem. books. It was the yeah. Negro problem. Right. And it the wasn't Negro really problem. the Negro problem. It was just the division problem by whites and blacks and what happened as a result of the many things that we just don't teach in school anymore. I well, mean, it's the same thing they do now. They kept black and white people, the, 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 the elitists in the Democratic Party saw that there was that, that there was currency in making sure that black and white Christians never got together. They never wanted poor whites and poor whites to ever get together. If they did, they knew they'd take power from the rich people at the top. So they kept us fighting one another, the N-word, N-word, N-word. Uh, um, uh, we don't want to go to school with you. They kept it going. The elitists kept it going. What percent of the population down south owned slaves? And that 1% made, made the poor whites hate poor blacks and made them fight their civil war for them. It's a great movie called the, um, the 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 Free State of Jones that talks all about it. Matthew McConaughey. I mean, great movie. Free State of Jones. People ought to see it. Talk about how they used poor whites to fight the the uh, civil war for them. And then when they came back, they saw the poor whites and poor blacks were in the same shape, and they kept them fighting one another to make sure that the that the elites. It's the same story, man. It's just a very strong thing. This is what they do. This is what they do. They keep us fighting one another. And what this documentary talks about is black and white Christians coming together because once we come together, and that was Jesus' last prayer before he went to the cross, he prayed, he prayed that we be unified. Because if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And he said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And the Christian people in America are divided. Now the LGBTQ have come in and divided them some more. And we can't fight this devil, divided. And so he has our governments now. He has our schools. He, uh, he, has, he, has, he has the media. I mean, he controls the arts. And the arts control the culture. And the culture controls politics. The great, the, the, the great writer Thomas Wolfe said, culture is the arts elevated to a set of beliefs. Our culture is the arts elevate to a set of beliefs. What are the arts? N-word this, B-word that, sex, 
violence. Hollywood got its fix where you can't even put a show on TV unless you put two men kissing or two women kissing and having sex on. And Every they are controlling show. the culture. Exactly. <laughs> so now Every you show. are doing your part with the arts. Just as I am, I'm doing my part with mm -hmm. the arts. We are now trying to educate. We're trying to train children. We're trying to make sure that they understand. I read this great stat today inside the Post that said that most Americans agree with the GOP when it comes to LGBTQ issues. That's very good. And they asked this young lady who was who was on the side of the LGBTQ, how, why did she change her mind? She said, Christian podcasts. I started watching. Let me know that I was going against the will of God. And because of that, I turned back and I turned against this. People like you are making an impact and we have to keep it up and we have to and we have to stop playing with these folks. We've conceded too much ground. They are an evil institution and we have to call them that and never back up from it. Well, I think you just stand on principle and you stand on the truth and then everything else falls away. And how do you stay? I know that you have produced two books and a movie. You are doing your part. I have another book coming in October. I'm in October. It's already coming outside. It's, all, it's already written. It's, it's Simon and Schuster. It's called Crime Ook. How the Democrat Party uses mafia ta uh, mafia tactics to uh, gain and maintain power. You do mention mafia tactics in your 25 lies exposing oh, Democrats yeah, most dangerous, Look, seductive, damnable. Just, these I'm guys just, are mafia. These guys are mafia. I mean, they they'll do anything. They they kill. They maim. Uh, they intimidate. They bribe. Uh, uh, you know, they, they use the dark parts of politics, sexual, sexually grooming children, drag what, queen, abortion. What, is that? what the hell is that about? Would you please explain it to me? I mean, I know that we are a debased people. I know we are fallen. Understand. But, but why this portion? What is it? I mean, I feel as if it's the end times right away. I mean, when you go to the kids, you've lost. You've just lost yourselves. Well, it had to inevitably end here because when you tell people that what they're doing isn't wrong, then you say, then why not teach it to the children? See, because what they tell me and you is that having a gun is wrong. So we can't teach the children to have guns. They will tell us drinking alcohol is wrong or smoking is wrong. But when you say something is right and we then clam up and don't say, no, it's wrong. Well, they say, well, why can't we teach it to the children? See, they've told these people who are certifiably insane. Look, gender dysphoria is classified as a mental disorder. These people I actually believe, like I think I'm a man, some of these people actually believe that they're women. So what do we do to them? We don't tell everybody that you have to change your way of life to acquiesce to theirs. You tell them you have a problem. We're going to pray for you. We're going to get you help. But you don't tell me to teach my child that this is proper behavior, that you need to act like this, that you also could be like this, and there's nothing wrong with it. You tell them this is wrong. But what we've told them is that, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. Matter of fact, you can choose your gender, it's fluid. And so these people say, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Why not teach it to children? Why not do it in front of children if nothing's wrong with it? But something is wrong with it. George Orwell said that the state is going to say before the end, before it's all over, that two plus two equals five. And we'll have to believe it. Because that's where it's going to inevitably end with their illogical conclusions. 
It's going to have to end that way. And that's where we are. We will have to teach our children what we are doing and what will maintain them, what will infuse them. Uh, and I really so appreciate what you've done in your books. And I look forward to seeing your movie and your well, next please, book. Please, please look at the movie and, um, and, and, and share it because what it does, it gives you the ammunition that, number one, it, it affirms your beliefs. It gives you so much information that you do not have. Um, like what I just told you about Martin Luther King Jr., civil rights community. No, it's much more than that. It's much more. It brings it all home. It ties it all together. It lets you understand that we've been playing in a game that we don't even have any idea what it is. And, uh, and they've always been ahead of us. We've caught up to them now. And right now, they've had to take off the mask because they have gotten into a certain type of absurdity that we don't know what, you know, a man can have women and men can be involved in women's sports and all this kind of stuff. It's become so absurd that now they cannot defend it and they're getting ready to lose now. That's why Joe, that's why Joe Biden is going to lose his next election because he's still, they have taken Joe Biden. They've given him so much money. He has to, he has to uh, now um, uh, uh, not just date this uh, ugly girl, but now he has to marry her. And they're saying, no, 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 no. You are going to do what you've said you're going to do for us. Or we are going to pull back all of our money. They have control of the levels of power in the Democrat Party now. They control the foreign policy, all of it. And they are saying, no, no, no. You've been telling me that you're going to marry me for the last 30 years, and buddy, you're going to do it, or I'm going to take all of your money away, and you guys will never win another election. That's where the Democrat Party is now. I mean, they're thugs. Yeah. Thugocracy. That's what it is. And, and, these, and these people um, uh, on the LGBTQ side uh, and the abortion side have all the power. The NEA, LGBTQ, mm -hmm. and the abortion lobby hold 80% of the power in the Democrat Party right now. And they're demanding that the Democrats do what they say do. Even if it burns America down, they're there on the ashes and call themselves kings. Yeah. They care about their agenda, nothing about the country. Kind of wonder what the end game is. If they just want to burn everything down, they don't have a plan proposed to make it better. They just say there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. That's what casters do, though. That's what casters do. That's what Satan does. Mm -hmm. That's his end game to destroy. He yeah. comes to steal, kill, and destroy, remember? That's the mm -hmm. end game. That's what Hitler's end game was. He destroyed Germany. Mussolini's end game. He destroyed Italy. That's what they do. And what we try to do, I saw this uh, I, I saw this documentary, the first 48 yesterday, uh, the mm -hmm. other day. This guy had solved this terrible murder. And he was, this black guy, he was just completely uh, just done. And he kept asking himself why. And he said, when I first started this job, an old detective told me 20 years ago, he said, your problem is you keep asking why. He said, there is no why. There's no why. He said, and he said, now I know what he's talking about. There just I is. I that in the prison system. There's no why. Yeah. He says evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. It, there just is, and there's no rationale for it. And no, it's Alfred Dahmer. It's, 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 uh, it's John Wayne Gacy. Is anybody that will pull a child out of the crib and rape her and kill her? Why? Mm. It's just what they do. Because evil and, is evil. And the Democratic Party has set up a political party, just like Hitler did. All he wants are evil people. And they have set up a system where the evilest people in the world gravitate mm -hmm. 
to the top of their party. And who are the evil people? People who won't do the right thing. Yeah, people that know what the right thing is and still won't do it. People mm-hmm. that want to kill children. People that want to look. Everybody know that it's wrong to lock a child in a failing school when there are schools down the street that will educate them for half the amount of money. If you give them a school voucher, they'll go get educated. They won't do it. They will not. They know they can seal that border. They know mm-hmm. there's sex trafficking and fentanyl coming across that border. They will not do it. They know it's wrong to disarm people in a war zone. They know it's wrong. They know the Supreme Court has ruled that the police don't have to protect uh, uh, people. That the Supreme Court don't have to, that, that the police don't have to come to your aid. That's right. You they don't have to. And so you 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 have a two hour wait in Detroit for the police, and then they take your guns away, knowing yeah. that only the criminals will have guns. They know it, but they keep control. They win, and they give the blood sacrifices to their God. Who's yeah, they do. Child sacrifice and dead. the blood, blood on the street. I mean, it's true. It's just if you don't know God, then you may not have. You may have a difficult time understanding what we're talking about here. But the minute you do, you go, "Oh, I get it." I'm, and, and there's not much to get. It, evil is evil, and that's what's going you're, on. You're, you're exactly right, and that's the thing. See, the biggest problem is the devil. I mean, the biggest trick the devil played on mankind was to convince us that he that they no longer existed, and a lot of the things that are happening. People very loathe to attribute it to evil and to the Satan, to, to a Satan. And this is how he gets away with it. It's almost like having, you know, I tell people that uh, when I see a guy raise too much hell and you get caught, I say he turned into the fly. A spider will stay, will stay in your house for years. You'll pull back to the refrigerator and see a skeleton there. He lived in the house for you 10 years. You didn't know it. He was eating your food. He was walking around the house at night. He was chilling in your house. Staying warm in 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 in, in the wintertime, staying cool in the summer, but the fly will come and get in your face, and he'll stay there one hour and you'll kill it. Well, see, the Democratic Party is just like that. They are like the spider; they know how to survive, they know how to feed off of you, how to eat off of you. But now they've turned into the fly. We're seeing them now. We're seeing them, and when you see them, that's why the old the old mafia dons always wanted to have their faces covered. They want to know, they want to know where they were. Because they could do all that dirt as long as you didn't know who they were. And as soon as John Gotti came out and wanted to be the, the fly, they got him, right? That's who the Democrat Party is. They can do all of their evil as long as they hide. But people like you and I take their masks off and we reveal them to the public and say, that's your enemy right there. He's going to tell you he's your friend. He's going to tell you he loves you. He's going to tell you that, that me and Victoria are crazy. They were homophobes. That we're a hater. That we're racist. I'm going to talk. Oh, they're going to do all of that to try to deflect. It's you. So when I go and I speak, I tell them, that's your enemy right there. The Democrat Party. And we don't do it enough. Oh, we'll talk about transgenderism. We'll talk about fighting. We'll talk about dope. We'll talk about bad schools. We'll talk about family breakdown and crime. But we won't tell everybody the Democrat Party are the ones that are doing all of it. And that's how we fail. We don't tell the people exactly who the enemy is. That's what Jesus did. He said, your enemy, it ain't wrong. It's those Pharisees and those Sadducees right there. That's your enemy. That's who you got to deal with. And that's what we have to do. And that's what I do. That's why why you say you don't like them, I do not. I call them who they are. And if they don't like it, come see me. Thank you. Appreciate your time today. Oh, I enjoyed it. Hope you can come back when you have your, your new book out in October. 
And I appreciate you very much. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app every time you listen and give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs, and it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, mischief managed. <laughs>